This is Bless You Boys Podcast 121, recorded July 25, 2014. All hail Joaquin Soria, our Savior. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Swing, get him in! One more time to fight! Watch it fly! Sleepy and bleary-eyed Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, covers the past week of Joaquin Soria trades and a little bit of baseball. Uh, I'm your host, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, Al Beaton. As always, joining me on the show is the king of West Michigan, and I hear quite a beer maven, and that would be the man you know as Hookslide. How's things? Hey, things are just great. Uh, we are bleary-eyed because we had a late-night game, and uh, for about four hours prior to the game, uh, I and some friends, my wife and I, were doing uh, adult-related things with adult-related beverages, and that's all I'll say about that. So uh, it's, a, it's a good day today. Yeah. In other words, you're preparing yourself for another Joe Nathan appearance. Well, yeah, <laughs> preparing way in advance. And then he, he completely let me down and actually pitched well. So it was stunning how good I, he I, was uh, in, uh, in the game one against the Angels. Right. I yes, didn't by the way, Yeah, by the way, we're recording this uh, Friday afternoon, uh, the day after the Tigers beat the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California, whatever the hell their name is right now, 6-4. Uh, Max Serger pitched very, very well, save for one inning. Uh, Joe Nathan pitched like, you know, like someone's breathing down his neck. He was that good. And, of course, we're still giggling about Ryan Rayburn, and we'll talk all about that on the show. But before we get to all that, let's talk about the podcast, how you can contact us. Please send us your thoughts, questions, hate mail, love letters to bybtigers at gmail.com, bybpodcast at gmail.com. We're always on the Twitter at Bless You Boys, where you can find very entertaining stuff like Ryan Rayburn's throw. I mean, I, I, I cannot get enough of that. I'm just going to watch it on a loop. It makes you so happy, doesn't it? I mean, just <laughs> yes. so much happiness in that oh, video. Oh, yes. And, of course, uh, we're on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Tigers, or just search for Bless You Boys on both Twitter and Facebook. Follow and like us, and we'll try to keep you entertained. And, of course, pretty much every link to everything we write on Bless You Boys will show up on those two social networks. All right, hook slide. Since we last spoke, Tigers are in first place, midst of a seven-game road swing. They took two or three against the Diamondbacks, won the first game of their series against the Angels, and they are just rocking and rolling on the field, at least on the road, but all the action has happened off the field this week. You were referring to uh, Derek Jeter retiring, right? Oh, well, that's a given. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I wake up every morning, point myself towards New York City, and genuflect. <laughs> towards Mecca. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry I brought that up because we did swear on the last podcast that we weren't going to talk about Jeter this yeah, week. Yeah, well, so that doesn't work. We can still joke about Jeter. It's, uh, we won't there talk seriously about Jeter. 
I'll tell so, you what, though, you're, you're right, though. This, mm-hmm. this uh, Joaquin Soria thing has just so overwhelmingly dominated the conversation for the last 24 hours that it feels like, have the Tigers even played? Yeah. <laughs> Baseball? Who cares? Well, well, yeah, especially when they're on the West Coast like this, you know, for a lot of people, it's like they've disappeared. They are. They're like like those elves that come in at night and fix mm. your shoes in the old you know fairy tale. It's like I'm sure they're doing something overnight, but I don't know what it is. I just I wake up and check the headlines. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, it's not but, sure. I saw one game of the uh, Diamondback series, and of course it was the one that they lost because the bullpen did what the bullpen does mm-hmm. or did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just I don't think I should watch any more games because they win when I'm not looking. Ah, oh, I, you believe in jinxes? Or are you uh, just being facetious? I'm being facetious, and Good. we will talk about jinxes at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since really the Soria has really, I, guess, I don't want, know if you want to call it Soria mania or uh, Soria happiness or Soria giddiness, but people are, well, there's a bit of a dichotomy here in the acquisition of Joaquin Soria, but let's go through the details first. Uh, he was really the consensus best available reliever on the market. Uh, he was he's under uh, team control for another year after this one, along with the fact that he's relatively inexpensive. I believe he's making five million this year. The team option is for seven million next year, and of course, a team option that's awesome. So if he does crap the bed, you can cut ties. Regardless of that, he is having an absolutely lights out season, uh, putting up. Well, Joe Nathan like numbers of last year essentially. You know, and just to add to that real quick, yeah. I. I... I want to say that I just read uh, on Twitter that his, if he does crap the bed, to use your terminology, mm-hmm. that his buyout is only half a million. Yeah, exactly. So if he turns out to be a bust next year, they they can get out of this really cheap. So it's it's a remarkably non onerous contract for the Tigers to pick up, uh, and it really it, it it solves a problem in that obviously the Tigers needed another lockdown type guy. I don't care where he pitches. Uh, but, well, let me ask you, let's go with that first. Let's talk about how they're going to use Soria. Uh, he was closing for the uh, for the Rangers. He was actually a two-time All-Star as a closer for the Royals before he uh, underwent his second time with John surgery, which he seems to be fully recovered from. Uh, but when the, the Tigers announced the deal officially, uh, Dave Dombrowski made sure to say, Joe Nathan is our closer. So... Being that Soria is likely the Tigers' best relief pitcher now, at least going by the numbers and what he's done this year, and you know, save for a job at Chamberlain, are you happy with the Tigers society and we're going to use him in the 7th and 8th innings and really, I would think more high-leverage situations than pitching in the ninth. Even though the numbers say the ninth has been the Tigers' Achilles, Achilles heel this year. Yeah, the numbers do say that, and I guess it's... Uh... You know, how do you feel about that that statement that, you know, well, Joe Nathan's the closer. Obviously, right now, the way Nathan's been pitching, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Um, but I, I pulled a couple of news clips that I thought you would find entertaining. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, October the 14th of 2012, it was the day after uh, Jose Valverde had, had blown game one of the, the ALCS against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And we gave up uh, two home runs in the ninth inning and blew, like, I, I want to say it was like a four-run lead. Yeah. Uh, Jim Leland said in the in the postgame presser, he said, I still consider Jose Valverde the closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I probably won't close with him today, meaning during that next game. But that's not to say that he won't close or that I don't consider him the closer. So it's, it's that same similar language. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd been kind of a bullpen mess, but the manager saying, no, he's still the closer. Fast forward to June 14th of uh, 
2013, mm-hmm. right when Valverde had just blown his third save in like 15 games. Right. Dave Dombrowski said, right now, Valverde is going through a tough period, but I think he's in a position where he'll come out and he'll pitch well for us and do a good job. Mm-hmm. And Leland in his post-game uh, conference said, we're still going to use Jose Valverde until Valverde can or can't do it or until we've got somebody better. Yeah. So it's the same talk. It's the same language, you know, that mm-hmm. this is what I think the Tigers management does, at least in the in the public press, you know, to say, yes, we've committed to this person, whether it's Valverde or Nathan, and say that's that's still the closer. But we all know that within, uh, I think it was like less than a week of that, quote from june mm-hmm. 14th uh valverde was was shipped off to toledo uh and and honestly the october quote from from 2012 you know well well leland saying oh he's the closer he's the closer we all know what happened yeah it, they, they went to phil coke as closer mm-hmm. so ignore what dombrowski is saying i i think it's going to be this a same uh, similar trajectory if, if nathan continues to do valverde like things uh, he's not going to be the closer right and i think now that they have they have an option, mm-hmm. you know, in Joaquin Sorian saying that, he, you know, this is somebody who can pitch the ninth inning. Dombrowski said that he can pitch the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. So now you've got, you know, an, an ace up the sleeve, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, the, the sabermetric community would always say you want to use your best reliever in the highest of leverage situations. And more often than not, that's going to be in the seventh or eighth innings. Uh, so in that way, it makes sense. But, yeah, I agree with you that. Dave Nabrowski isn't going to admit anything. He's going to toe the line when it comes to any of the players on his roster. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, we've, we've had numerous discussions about replacing Joe Nathan, but we're going to see what happens for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> He's no, but, never going to say that. They've given us enough hints, at least, in yeah. that direction, with even mm-hmm. Joe Nathan saying, hey, if they need somebody else to close games, whatever it takes yeah. for, for the team to win. Mm-hmm. Um and even I think Dombrowski saying, yeah, Soria can pitch the ninth is already kind of an admission mm-hmm. that, hey, we're open to doing that. Now, how it actually plays out, you know, in, in, in the real world, in actual game situations, and I've said this before, but I, I don't like the way that they handle their bullpen because mm-hmm. Osmus is too tied to the whole concept of the role. Yes. And saying, well, Soria's seventh inning, Chamberlain's eighth inning, and we saw that last night. Yes, we did. Yeah, they they thought maybe getting into a little bit of trouble, and you see Soria gets up in the seventh inning and pitches, uh, warming up at least, and then uh, as soon as Scherzer got out of the inning, guess what? Yeah. Soria is back down because now the the number changed. It's the eighth inning now, and and magically that means that it's it's Chamberlain's inning. Yeah. So you're gonna go well. You've got options here with Soria uh, if you know how to use those options or exercise or have the imagination to say. Mm-hmm. The numbers don't mean anything. Seven, eight, nine. Who cares? Yeah. And actually, to take that situation further, Max Scherzer, who really only had one rough inning last night, and that was in the fifth, and that was only really a six-batter stretch where he gave up all three runs, he, uh, Mike Trout was leading off the eighth inning. And Mike Trout can't hit Max Scherzer. I believe he's like 0 for 16. or right. you know, right. he, he, And yet, it would have made to me, it would have made perfect sense to bring Max Scherzer out, you know, because this pitch count was so reasonable. I think it was around 110 or so at the time. Uh, bring him out and put him on a very short leash, and at least have him face Trout. Just because, you know, if you're if you love if you're so tied to matchups, which Osmus seems to be, that seems like the perfect time to get one more out out of your starting pitcher, then go to Jabba Chamberlain. 
But no, because as you said, Osmond seemed so set in the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning guy. Scherzer was done. Uh, Jabba came in for the eighth, and he gave up a run. You know, and it, it, there was a little bit of luck involved. So I have, I wonder why Nick Castellanos wasn't playing no doubles defense. But regardless of all that, it would have made perfect right. sense to leave Scherzer in the game for at least one more batter. Yet, I, you know, this all managers seem to do this because I think. My opinion has always been it kind of resolves, uh, takes away a little responsibility from them because they say, we have an eighth inning, man. That's how I'm going to go. That's how we do things, rather than maybe think a little bit out of the box. And that's something that's always bothered me, how managers seem yeah. to their teams. And that's that's probably, you know, it's a bit of a disappointment for me in terms of how I rate Osmus. I think he's been great, you know, in a lot of other ways. But that one's a bit of a disappointment because we did say early on, you know, this is a guy who's got the, you know, the Ivy League education. He's going to play smart ball. Mm-hmm. And but so far, at least in terms of managing the bullpen, he's been very unimaginative. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just it's a mentally lazy thing to do to go. I'm just going to push the button. Yeah. You know, seventh inning, I push the story button. Eighth inning, I push the Java button. Ninth inning, you know, I don't think that's uh, like I said, it's, it's a disappointment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it could be some inexperience involved in there as well, because we actually saw that in the uh, Diamondback series when uh, Chamberlain came in to pitch. Uh, he actually needed just one pitch to get out of a jam in the uh, actually, and they actually used him in the seventh inning. Shockingly enough, and I, I was actually stunning, but he didn't use the double switch at the time, which would have made perfect sense because he had a, you know he, you know he had guys like Nick Castellanos and uh, I believe like Torrey Hunter on the bench. He could have made a an outfield change or something along with bringing in Chamberlain. He didn't, and that forced him. Because it was only a one-pitch inning, he was going to use Chamberlain in the eighth. He f- had forced Chamberlain to bat. And that's another one of those situations where I think if Osmus would have realized it, he would have made a double switch, and then it would have had one of his outfielders batting in the number nine slot instead, and he wouldn't have... He w- and it was fun. I mean, I love seeing Jeff bat. <laughs> you know, but right. he, shouldn't have ha- he shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. Yeah. So it, who knows if that's just a, like you said, maybe that's inexperience mm-hmm. on Osmus's part, or maybe that's just the way he's wired. You know, yeah. I mean, again, we go back to saying we all wanted him to be kind of the sabermetric savior, you know, for mm-hmm. the Tigers. Uh, but he he made that very clear in the off season when he got hired and said, I'm an old school baseball guy. So, you know, it's disappointing, but it's also in line with exactly what he told us to expect. Yeah. You know, so what do you do? You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That one that one line he said during his introductory press conference sent us all a, a flutter about, oh, he might be thinking a little out of the box. Uh, but no, he's, for the most part, been your standard run-of-the-mill manager who seems so far, to, for the most part, be pushing the right buttons, save for the bullpen. But I, again, I agree with you. I think I'm more inexperienced than anything else. All right, to get us yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, anything else you wanted to add before we get back on, uh, on track? On yeah, track? Okay. are we ever on track? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm just going to comment that 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 will I, uh, that will undoubtedly uh, be the cause of many many complaints from the fan base, as it was last mm-hmm. year uh, with Drew Smiley, and we'll hear it again this year, saying he's misusing Soria. Yeah, oh, he's God. not using him the right way. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the, so now we can segue back into Soria. Uh, let's get to the dichotomy of the issue here when it came to the acquisition of Soria. Uh, this team is really still considered to be the favorite to win the World Series coming out of the American League. Uh, if you look at the odds, they are still they still have the top odds. They even have better odds right now than the A's or Angels to come out of the American League. Uh, they, this is a team that is set up to win now and could look very radically different next year considering uh, free agency and the possibility of the Tigers wanting to reshape this team because of not wanting to pay certain guys. 
So the Tigers bit the bullet and traded a pair of, well, at least in this team's case, a couple of their top prospects, even though neither one of them, for the most part, have made any top 100 prospect list or anything of that sort in starter Jake Thompson and reliever Corey, uh, Corey Knievel. Uh, Knievel, pardon me. It's not, not evil Knievel. It's not Knievel. Knievel. And, of course, that got the portion of the fan base going, specifically our own Rob at Bless You Boys, who actually wrote an entire post saying it was a huge overpay. And if Dave Dombrowski had taken care of this in the off season, we wouldn't be paying through the nose now to fix the issue. Uh, but the, I, I guess the, the argument is, well, he did just he did sign supposedly at the time the consensus top closer on the market in Joe Nathan, and he actually found a gem very inexpensively in Jabba Chamberlain. So. And, and and he thought Robbie Cole, I mean not Robbie, uh, Ian Cole would be a solution as a loogie who hasn't been so far. But this is one of those cases where I don't care about the prospects. This team needs to win, needs to win soon. And if that means unloading a couple of well thought of high draft picks, because they both were picked very high in the amateur draft, I believe. Uh, uh, Knable was a first round pick and Thompson a second. I don't really care. I want to win now. And if Soria pushes this team over the top, and from all accounts, I think we both know the bullpen is has been the Achilles heel of this team. So be it. You know. Right. And for the most part, right. let me ask you this as well. When is the last time a traded prospect has burned Dave Dombrowski? Um, John Smoltz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was in Nebraska. You can make an that, argument so. maybe uh, Jair Jurgens, and that would be yeah. – and even then, he was only good for a couple of years. No, I, I'm picking on you because I know how you feel about the Smoltz mm. situation. So, exactly. I, and that, that was not Dombrowski that executed that trade. So you, you raise a good point. I mean, and, and we've said that on previous podcasts. And I know it's a favorite line that, that Kurt uses, you know, the, the team that gets the proven MLB player in a trade for prospects usually wins the deal. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true here as well. Uh, yeah, I have mixed feelings about giving away Thompson and Knable. Yeah. Um, Thompson was, you know, uh, on the rise. You know, he just pitched yeah. the uh, in the uh, All Star game. Yeah, he won the Futures game. He was winning. That's the right. Game. He went to the Futures game too. I was thinking of the, the Midwest uh, mm-hmm. League, the All Star game we just had here last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he made it to that. Uh, Knable, I've always been just crazy about. Yeah. Loved watching him pitch for West Michigan last year. He was just so good. And I still see in his pitching, you know, in the, in the uh, major leagues this year that there's a, still a ton of potential there. He's got some things to work out, some kinks to work out. But I honestly thought this is the guy who's going to be the closer after Nathan's contract expires. They've got a, a ready-made built-in replacement, mm-hmm. you know, for 2016. So, yeah, it hurts a little bit to see Knable go especially. Yeah. Um, but – you, like you said, there's there's two schools of thought here. There's the you know the whole like, well, we need to win this now, mm-hmm. and the bullpen was putting that in jeopardy, yeah, over and over and over again. Uh, maybe not as tr- as far as clinching the division, but you know, come on, I didn't want to see that in the division mm-hmm. series, the championship series. God please the World Series. You yeah. know, yeah. You, you don't want to see going down with a one 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 run lead in the seventh or the eighth and having to rely on the current staff. So what do you do? You know, you, you have to do something to build that bullpen up. Um, Soria, like you said, was the top 
mm-hmm. available, you know, best available reliever on the market. I think they got him for a reasonable price. Yeah, I think the Tigers actually paid less than the Angels uh, did for um, yeah. the street. The Angels gave up four of their prospects. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and that, you can argue against that too and say, well, they weren't as good of prospects mm-hmm. even as as Knable and, and Thompson. But I, I don't. I just I don't know what the alternative was. Yeah. To say you know, and that's kind of what irritated me. And and yes, uh, you know, when I was posting on Twitter and on, on the Lushy Boys comments, I was deliberately being, you know, over the top. Mm-hmm. And just saying, just shut up and be happy about it. But, you know, there was kind of that feeling of like, look, everyone's been clamoring for Soria. Yeah. And saying, that's the guy. That's the guy. Dombrowski, do this. Do not mm-hmm. stick us with another Varus type, you know, acquisition here. Yeah. Get the guy who's going to get the job done. And he, he actually turned around and did it. And so when I first saw the news, uh, you know, in our Bless You Boys email account, you know, that mm. it actually happened. I, I flipped. I was like, oh, my gosh, he actually pulled it off mm-hmm. and was expecting to see great rejoicing. Everywhere on Twitter, on Bless You Boys, and to see so many people saying, eh, he got it, you know, but it, it cost us too much. And it just kind of reminded me of being, you know, like with my kids, you know, mm-hmm. like, Dad, we're hungry. We're so hungry. We're so hungry. Okay, here's meatloaf. I didn't want meatloaf. <laughs> Shut up and eat. <laughs> you, yeah. you got, we got what we wanted, and maybe it cost a little more than you would have liked. But honestly, do you think that we could have got Soria for any less? Mm-hmm. No, I probably mean, not. Was that even a possibility? Yeah, I have a feeling people are expecting, well, yeah, if we just give them a boatload of young players, you know, so be it. You know, that seems well, to be that's the... It. Like, that's not yeah. realistic. You were never yeah. going to get Soria for trading, you know, like maybe five of the, you know, white Whitecaps bench players. Yeah, exactly. And that's you what know. people seem to think. And they, and they aren't going to take, uh, you know, the... Um... You know, someone like Ian Kroll, you can't offload Kroll and Coke and expect mm-hmm. to get Soria, you know, so they... Um... You know, I, I think it was – if they traded off somebody like J.D. Martinez, you know, or to be really exaggerated, to trade off someone like Miguel Cabrera, yeah. then, yeah, okay, what the heck? That's an overpay. But this fits, I think, within the realm of reasonable expectation. Yeah, it stings a little bit, but, geez, um, do you want to do you want to lose in the playoffs with, with Thompson in the minor leagues and, mm-hmm. and Knable still struggling to find his MLB stride? Yeah. That's yeah. the alternative, you know. Yeah, and, and think about it. Uh, last year, you know, Varus was supposedly the um, – uh, was going to help solve the bullpen issue, and it was got to the point in the playoffs where the Tigers didn't even want to use him. So I don't think we're going to have that same issue with Soria, who has one hell of a good track record. Varus was having, like, a career year with the Astros last year, and then he came back to earth. This is you – no, know, Soria has been very, really, really good this year, but even if he's having a career year, he's still – Really good, you know. He's this is a top top relief pitcher, uh, and and I really do think Hook Slide that this fan base is still so fixated on the John Smoltz trade, you know, which is now what uh, uh, twenty five years ago, and that they don't they're so definitely afraid to give up prospects, thinking every guy they trade is going to end up pitching for twenty years and making a Hall of Fame. Which is essentially that's a once in a lifetime type trade that you that you run across. I don't expect any of that to ever happen again to the Tigers. Uh, and I'll go to my grave saying that trade, the Smoltz trade, where they got Doyle Alexander, did it's the, that was the perfect trade because it, it met the expectations for both teams. Uh, the Braves were at the time building for the future, and Smoltz was relatively well thought of, but he was not expected to be the guy he turned into be while the Tigers were in desperate need of someone who could get them over the hump in 1987. 
And Alexander pitched so damn well over the final two months, he actually ended up finishing top five in the AL Cy Young. Uh, I believe he ended up going nine and one. The Tigers won like 10 or uh, one. I think he only, Tigers only ended up losing one of his starts the rest of the year. And essentially that was the difference in them making the playoffs. And the next year, actually, Alexander was good enough to make the all-star team. So it, yeah, it was a short-term deal. Smoltz ended up burning the Tigers and becoming a Hall of Fame player. But at the time, it was the move the Tigers had to make, much like this one. You know, you know if uh, Thompson becomes a, you know, a top-of-the-rotation guy, and then it's an awesome deal for the Rangers. But the odds of that happening, that's the thing. The odds are small. Yeah, there's a reason why we refer to the prospects as lottery tickets, because mm-hmm. nothing's set in stone. And I, I guess I could agree with you. people want to compare this to past trades, where you know, say, look, Dombrowski got rid of prospects, you know, before, um, you know, whether it was fleecing the the, the Marlins for Cabrera, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with the people that are saying, yeah, but Knable is in a different class. Yeah, um, he he does project to be. Maybe not as good as Craig Kimbrell someday, but you know I think he is really going to. Uh, you know, yeah, he's going to be a back end. Of, if he pans out, he's a back end of the bullpen guy. Yes, no, and he's going to no be very, him. very good at it. Yeah. This guy probably has, you know, mm-hmm. Cy Young in his future. If that's, you know, I know it's hard to get to, but you know, I'm thinking of like when Willie Hernandez won the Cy Young for being just yeah. an awesome reliever. You know, Knievel can get there. He has some really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's still a lottery ticket yeah. in that, uh, you know, you don't know what's coming down the road with, you know, injuries that could happen that could derail his career, you know, or just that, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, you know. So it, it does come back to what did you want to see this this October? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did did you want Knable to be the guy in the bullpen? And uh, I I don't think so. Again, as, as high as I am on him, I've, I've watched him pitch. I saw him pitch on Saturday at Comerica. Mm-hmm. And thought, man, he is so right on the edge of being awesome, but he's just not there. Yeah. He's he's missing his spots a lot, and the, these these big leaguers know how to be patient and wait and wait. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. They they wait him out, and then they get the pitch that uh, he misses the pass ball, you know, and just rip it. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of that, he's still throwing that devastating curve and getting swings and misses. So it's just like, wow, wow, wow. he is going to be great, but not right now. Yeah, not this year. Maybe not, not not even next year, possibly next year, but not yeah. this year. So mm-hmm. we've got to fix the bullpen. You know, yeah. and if that's what it costs, then okay, that's what it costs. Yeah, and people do tend to forget that Bruce Rondone <laughs> isn't going anywhere either. He's Yeah, he, he's going to be laid, he's laid up this year of Tommy John. It will likely not be himself probably until 2016. But we've already seen the glimpses of Rondone being that lights out back end of the rota- uh, back end of the bullpen guy. So I have a feeling the Tigers think, well, we, we have Rondone. Tommy John has, has almost become like removing a hangnail at this point. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. he's going to be ready to go in a year or so. And we have our young, hard throwing lights out reliever in him. And maybe we, they felt we can afford uh, to unload another prospect to fix things now. Yeah, and Ron Dunn's a great point of comparison, I think, too. You know, with with Knable, and say this this is kind of what you're up against when you're when you're bringing somebody up from the minors and mm-hmm. someone that projects to be very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dombrowski originally said, you know, in 2013 that Ron Dunn was going to be the closer. Right. And we all saw kind of what happened. Yeah, he has electric potential. You know, mm-hmm. but he still, even in 2013, was working through. Yep. 
you know, he's relying too much on the fastball. He's not mm-hmm. throwing the, the, the secondary pitches well enough. He's still got work to do, and then he's injured. You know, so you go, look, as good as a prospect projects to be, you just don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah, it's and I think a lottery ticket is the best way to put it, that the uh, Rangers gave the Tigers Soria, essentially giving the Tigers, uh, uh, let's, say, let's say they gave them a million-dollar scratch-off, well, they went for the Mega Ball. They bought two Mega Ball tickets. Yeah, the, the odds the, are slightly in, in our favor. Yeah, you know, getting Soria, you know what he's—he's known commodity. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get. There's no question mark. So you take the sure thing, get slightly better odds, and does it really hurt in the future? I'm not even sure how that hurts us in the future, except mm-hmm. to say, you know, we don't have Thompson now, we don't have Knable. but as someone who, who pays a lot of attention and watches a lot of the Whitecaps games. Mm-hmm. We're not really hurting for good pitching talent. Yeah. So any one of these guys that I'm watching, you know, on a regular weekly basis, could easily kind of move up in the system and and be respectable replacements for Thompson and for Canable. So mm-hmm. I guess the only way that we're losing this trade mm-hmm. is if we end up facing the Rangers next year. You know. Yeah. <laughs> in the ALCS, and uh, Soria is no longer pitching well, and Canable is lights out. Then he goes. Yeah. We lost the trade. Exactly, uh, and and we and as we as we're talking about the future, uh, I don't think Mike Illich even cares about what this team may look like in 2018, considering he's just turned 85 years old. Wants to win a World Series. I think he would trade every Stanley Cup he's won for one World Series ring, and well, it, it doesn't get more much more short term thinking than than an, an octogenarian owner who is battling health problems. And wants nothing more on this planet before he leaves to win a World Series. And I think that plays a right. lot into it as well. Right, and that was a kind of a phrase that was tossed around. I think Rob put that in his article. Mm-hmm. You know, saying this: the, the basically this this trade is win. We, we've won it if we win the World Series. Yeah, and that to me says a lot about just kind of the way the fan base thinks. And and I'm fully in line with that. And saying, mm-hmm. you know, we all want this World Series so badly. That uh, if if Soria becomes a part of helping us, you know, obtain that, you know, the unattainable mm-hmm. goal, yeah. then I think all is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, yeah. maybe the opposite is true as well. That you know, if, if Soria does not uh, get us there, or God forbid, he actually becomes part of you know blowing a key game, mm-hmm. then then all hell is going to break loose, and people will want Dombrowski's head on a stick. Yeah. And uh, well, let me ask you this, since. Uh, uh, since winning a trade, I agree with you. I agree with Rob that winning a trade means the Tigers win the World Series. You know, it's really a this is you know this is, that's as short term as it gets. Uh, I tend to be I'm fine with it. You know, if the Tigers win the World Series and then end up maybe having to start a rebuild in 2016, I'm perfectly fine with that because this team hasn't won a World Series. In, you know, we're pushing it in 30 years. And, right, right. You know, and there's no guarantee that. Even if the Tigers stay as good as they are right now and are able to kind of reload on the fly, that they won't end up being the Atlanta Braves of the 1990s, who had probably were the most talented team in baseball, made the playoffs, it felt like, for 20 years straight, yet only won one World Series. This team hasn't even done that. So I'm willing to pay the price. If that means the Tigers are maybe going to have to start uh, you know, are going to be a second division team for a few years because of trades like this. But trade off is a World Series. Give me the World Series 100 times out of 100. 
So you you are like a really short term thinker. <laughs> it's like just, well, you got to remember I've no I've I've seen two World Series in my lifetime, two World Series wins in my lifetime, and the first one I was even too young to remember. So and let alone I I lived through the god awful baseball that was for most of the seventies, and obviously the god awful baseball that was essentially nineteen ninety to to two thousand five. So you know as great as this run has been, nothing lasts forever, and especially in baseball, sooner or later. The window closes, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So you got to do everything you can to take advantage of that window being open when the opportunity is there, and the Tigers have that opportunity right now. No, they do. And uh, I don't know that I'm worried about the window closing. I know that's mm. kind of a popular thing being thrown around. Like, we've got to do mm. this now because next year is going to be hell somehow. Uh, I don't know about that, you know. I wouldn't say that, but there's no guarantees what this team is going to look like or how competitive they're going to be in the next two years because of no guarantees, free, uh, but free agency and contracts and things like that. Right, but the odds are in our favor, I think, as long well, as yeah, at least in this division is, right now. Especially. Yeah, as long as Dabrowski is the one making the moves, you know, I think he's shown that he's very good at keeping a competitive team on the field year after year, even though it gets you know major makeovers every couple of years. Yeah, uh, the team on the field right now that's Again, contending for the fourth straight year is not the same team that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. So he's he's shown he can move parts around and still be you know put like a very good team out there. I'm not worried about 2015, 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that the window is closing as as rapidly as some people might think. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it, it's not a, a, an indefinite thing. Yeah. You can't say we're going to be contenders until 2025. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the meantime, as long as we're in the running, as long as we're making the playoffs, then let's put those pieces in place to really increase the odds of taking the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, obviously, yeah, it, obviously it's a bit of a conundrum. You know, you want, you do want to, I, I mean, I don't want this team to end up as looking like the uh, White Sox do right now, for example, who essentially are, uh, look to be like kind of a two-player team with Chris Sale and uh, Jose Abreu, but uh, yeah, it, 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 this is again that in Dombrowski we trust, and for uh, you know, and for the most part, he's lived up to that faith. And uh, I, I think you do make a good point, is that for all the talk that the Tigers have this barren farm system, there is a lot there. But it's all very, very low, double A and you know probably single A and lower. You know you, you're starting to see some of these guys filter up finally. So I do find the talk that the Tigers have no prospects at all now. They have nothing left to deal. They have no, nothing for the future. I find that kind of bunk as well. I just find that I just find the whole prospect thing completely overblown as well because a couple good drafts and your farm system is reloaded. Yeah, and, and we've talked too about. It. You know how Dombrowski views the farm system, and maybe mm-hmm. the, the, the criticism is leveled, saying it's a crappy farm system, but only from one viewpoint. Yeah. Only from the standpoint that says, well, we can't seem to develop the guys to get them all the way up into Detroit. Mm-hmm. Homegrown players, you know, like maybe the way the Cardinals can do it. On the other hand, we've also said and seen that Dombrowski, I think, treats his farm system as as trading chips. Yeah. So how good do they have to be? Um, mm-hmm. We were just saying, Canable and Thompson weren't even necessarily in the top 100. You know MLB yeah. prospects, but clearly good enough mm-hmm. to entice the Rangers, and that's kind of the way. Same thing last year, getting Jose Veras or trading uh, for uh, Dan Vasquez, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an up-and-coming outfielder for the Whitecaps. So it, 
I would rate the farm system from that vantage point in terms of how well are we producing potential trade pieces mm-hmm. to get us, you know, established talent that we need. It's a pretty decent farm system. Yeah, yeah, it's because uh, it's run by a very smart man, and Dave Nabrowski. I mean, that I think that right there uh, pretty much trumps any uh, uh, what's a prospect maven type. Uh, uh, analyst, if you know what I'm saying, the, mm-hmm. the Keith Laws of the world and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, I'm going to put my money on what Dave Dombrowski thinks of the system, not what someone who really doesn't follow the Tigers that closely for the most part does. So, And uh, well, and to kind of um, uh, continue with the Dombrowski stuff, uh, the other argument is this should have been further addressed in the, in the offseason. And I guess the counter-argument, which I brought up earlier, is uh, – he did sign Joe Nathan, and at the time, there, 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 was, there was the fear that, yeah, he could turn into a pumpkin because he's 39 years old, but when it came to the quote-unquote proven closer, he was the best on the market and coming off a damn near career year, and Jabba Chamberlain has been a revelation. This guy has, like, since he's left New York City, he's become a different person, and, and, all, and he's actually been a joy just to watch on this team, let alone how good he's been on the field. Uh, I guess the disappointment is, uh, you know, is that he has he's, Dombrowski's had trouble fixing middle relief for the most part uh, and that as we've seen on and off through the season the Albuquerque's, the Krolls, the Cokes the, uh, no, the revolving door we've seen from Toledo that's the issue but I, I really yeah. do have a hard time giving Dombrowski a ton of trouble mostly because no one saw Bruce Rondone's arm going south and I think that was the big monkey wrench in the whole situation. Well, it was, it was one part of the, yeah. the the many many monkey wrenches of last year's, because you got to kind of follow back, you know, from before um, the, the trade deadline last year. Uh, we knew that the, the the bullpen situation was a bad situation. They just moved Benoit into the closer role, and it finally got that bit sorted out. But in terms of middle relief, you you had Albuquerque, who was a coin flip. Uh, you had Phil Coke, who was blowing up like crazy last year. Yeah. Um, Smiley, who everybody said was misused and didn't get enough time. Mm-hmm. Rondone, who, again, was he struggled for a good chunk of last year. Yeah. And then you had some of the also-rans, like Darren Downs, uh, Pukkonen was another one that was in there. So it was the same situation last year, people saying, we've really got to shore up middle relief. Mm-hmm. And so he went out and got Jose Veras, and that was probably not a bad move. Yeah. despite what happened in the playoffs. So it seemed like, you know, coming out of last season, going into the off season, we all kind of said the same thing. Mm-hmm. We've got to fix middle relief. We've got to get some better, more dependable arms. Coke isn't cutting it. Albuquerque's not necessarily cutting it. Uh, you know, Darren Downs, Luke Conan, Evan Reed, some of these names. Um, but like you said, um, when it came to the, the off season last year, thinking that Rondon would be the guy. Mm-hmm. What else do you need? I, I would have said you keep Benoit. Yeah, that I think that is the a, a very good point right there. I think you nailed it. Yes, because because of the money, he didn't really end up making much more. Than he was making with the Tigers. I think about right. the same actually. Right, and and so that was when that whole thing went down. And the Tigers have signed Joe Nathan, and I went, why? Yeah, we didn't need a closer. You're fixing the wrong problem. Go back to the middle relief spot and let's get some good guys there. And it didn't happen. And what ended up happening then this year? by going out and signing Nathan is that now you have two mm. problems. <laughs> you end up with, now we have a problem at closer that we didn't have before because Benoit was okay there, in addition mm. to still having the problems with, with middle relief. So, 
yeah, I, I can agree with with the people that are saying that, that this, this should have been addressed in the off season. Dombrowski addressed the wrong issue, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why that's why they're stuck doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, it's there's uh, there's definitely a point to that because but. Uh, I've always said that bullpens are fungible. Bullpens are very mercurial. Uh, I mean, look how good Al Albuquerque was a couple years ago. I mean, he was unhittable. And now he's, he feels like a coin flip. And unfortunately, that could happen to Jabba Chamberlain. He's never pitched this good in his life. He's actually living up to the potential the Yankees thought he had, but there's no guarantees that he'll be this good next year, and the Tigers are going to have to make that decision because he's going to get himself a nice little chunk of change, you know, being the only signed a one-year contract with the Tigers. So, yeah, so that's, that's another reason why yeah. having Soria mm-hmm. with that second-year option for only $7 million is a really nice thing to have. Yes. Because if Chamberlain goes south or he wants too much money next year, mm-hmm. we've still got Soria. Yeah, and hopefully Rondon, even though I'm not really going to put much in Rondon, because we all know it's really two years for Tommy John. And I don't see him being uh, Rondon. We hope he's going to be for, another, for yeah, essentially another season. But uh, the other thing I would add is that the Tigers paid a premium for that, that extra year. And and the Rangers probably knew that. They said, well, you know, you're getting a great closer and you got con- team control for an extra year. You know, pay up. Makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <it's, laughs> uh, I would have been more down on the trade, I think, if it were just uh, a rental rental. for yeah. two months. But to have that, that extra... Uh, you know, the safety net of going in the mm-hmm. next year and saying you've still got this. And mm-hmm. and Joe Nathan next year, I don't know what he's going to look like. This this could be, uh, the 2014, I mean, could be the anomaly. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know that he doesn't bounce back and look awesome next year. Who knows? You know, mm-hmm. like you said, bullpens are always just, there's, bullpens are lottery tickets in themselves. So Yeah, very much so. So we really did. We exchanged lottery tickets for lottery tickets. Yeah, uh, just as we mentioned, just a little better odds that the slaughter ticket's going to win. So, uh, all right, speaking of uh, dealing, so to speak, as uh, the Tigers made the big splash this week with the Soria trade, reportedly they're not done. At least in that, uh, they, they yeah, it's, reports are they're looking for another relief pitcher, preferably left-handed, because as if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know of the struggles of Phil Coke, Ian Kroll, and any other left-hander they seem to have brought up from Toledo. Uh, so do you think uh, Hook Slider is going to be more moves up Dave Dombrowski's sleeve? Uh, look, getting that, um, you know, like, uh, what's it, Antonio Bastardo has been thrown out there a lot as a, as a kind of a, a lefty the Tigers would be targeting. Or do you think there could be something else up the sleeve? Do you think he'll look for that left-handed bat everybody's been crying for? Or... You know, could he surprise us with another deal? That's thing. I when it comes to Dave Dombrowski, he plays his cards so close to the vest, I can't see the vest. So I really can't say what he's going to do. But you have to realize he he knows the trouble they're having with that in pitching. You think he's got to be targeting a left-handed reliever? I think the odds are most highly you know in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that if he doesn't make a move, it won't be for lack of trying. Yeah. It won't be because he's just said, okay, I stand pat. Now I got sorry, and that's that's all we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, I think he's well aware of the need for a good left-handed reliever. Um, although, geez, you know, it seems like he's put his faith in Phil Coke for a couple of years now. Oh, yeah. So there is always that possibility that maybe Dombrowski is thinking the wrong way and, and thinking, ah, let's, you know, let's stick with Coke because he, he can be good too. Maybe. I'd, I'd put more, you know, stock in the fact that he's probably looking for a left-handed pitcher mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't imagine that they're going to go for a left-handed bat I, I don't see that happening I 
certainly wouldn't agree with it if they went there because mm-hmm. they were showing on, on Twitter the other day with the stats, the way they line up. Uh, the Tigers um, don't really need that left-handed bat. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just not a thing that uh, you know their their right-handed hitters are doing well enough against right-handed pitching. Yeah. That uh, I, I don't think you really need to go out and get a left-handed bat. And like you said, Dirks, you know. Mm-hmm. Coming back might solve some of that, but it's it's not a hole that needs fixing. So well, well, yeah. Let's bring up Andy Dirks. Do you think the return of Dirks, even though his rehab has once again kind of been put on hold, it was um, there was put to it was put to a recent stop, but he's still supposedly going to be back at some time within the next month. That could be, you know, kind of the equivalent of picking up that left-handed bat, just because I have a feeling any player the Tigers would make it in trade. Is pretty much going to be Andy Dirks 2.0. You could be right about that, and you know, like I said, it's a huge question mark mm-hmm. in terms of a when does Dirks get back, and then b when he does get back, is he of any value at all, or does he need you know mm-hmm. another season to kind of get back into into his form? And what does that form look like? Is it 2013 form or 2012? Yeah, exactly. Form? A lot of question marks there, but uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still sticking with the answer that they don't need the left-handed bat. Mm-hmm. Their, their right-handers are hitting the right-handed pitching well enough that uh, get, the left-handed pitching in the bullpen is a, a much bigger need Yeah, right now. Yeah, uh, this team can win with the lineup they have, and, and for the most part, I think the bench they have right now. Because, you know, come on, we're, when we're talking playoffs, you know, we're not really going to see very much of uh, uh, Donnie Baseball and Andrew Romine, for example. So it's a... Uh, uh, well, I'm thinking right, so the bullpen is what moves the peg, especially in the playoffs. And a guy like Soria, he, you know, he's not going to make a he, uh, he's going to make a difference in the regular season, but he's really going to pay dividends in the playoffs, and that's when a left-handed reliever would as well. So, did you see that uh, article on Fangraphs? Then you got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much of an impact? And that made perfect Lee sense. Had. It really did. It did. Yeah. I disagreed with the notion that uh, Soria is not going to make a huge difference in the in the regular season. I think he will because there have been so many games mm-hmm. that big leads got blown and we almost lost or games that actually did get blown and lost as a result of bad bullpen pitching. So I think it is going to make more of a difference than people realize. Right. But, yeah, I agree with the article in saying that gets magnified in the postseason. Yeah, because uh, pitchers go, will go, it get extended innings. I mean, closers will pitch more than three outs. I mean, there, there could be some two-inning saves, some four-out saves. Uh, you know, there will be times when uh, Asoria, for example, would need to enter in the sixth inning to quell a rally or a Chamberlain. That's when those guys' talents are really magnified. And that article on Fangrass really uh, made a great point about that. Because realistically, Hookslide, the Tigers are in prime position. They're going to win the division unless some... You know, unless they go into another ridiculous slump from hell, but in September, and you know, or some major injuries or something, this team, uh, I think is I won't I'd hate going to Greg Eno. This team is a lock way, but they look pretty darn good shape that they're going to make the playoffs again, and they really need the moves they are making have to target short series, and I think getting guys like Soria and hopefully a, maybe a left-handed reliever. That's where they're really going to pay major dividends. But you're, I do agree with you. We've seen enough drama from the bullpen that, you know, just think, you know, a couple of these games, if they had had Soria this year, uh, the Tigers might have a, a double-digit lead in the Central. Yeah, it, it's, I think it's certainly possible. Um, 
and like I said, there, there, are, there are some stories that the statistics don't tell. Mm-hmm. And it's when you look at like Joe Nathan's line and say, well, he's only blown X number of games. Yeah, it, he's vultured a few wins. Too. He's vultured a few wins, and you you forget about the games where they went into the ninth with a you know seven to two lead that became a yeah. seven to six lead. That mm-hmm. doesn't show up on the stats. That just right. says, hey, it's a win. You know, no uh, no credit taken away from Nathan. But you look at it and go, yeah, but uh, that's a closer game, and that is a loss. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Bigger, bigger problems, and I think bigger impact than the than the uh, box scores are going to show us mm-hmm. in getting Soria. Um, the cynic in me says, after reading that Fangraphs article, and one mm-hmm. of the points that he made in the article was that, which was uh, was it uh, was it Dave Cameron who wrote that article? I believe. I think it was. Yeah, it had to do with with how much you use your best uh, talented reliever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he that that number that he threw up there, uh, Koji Uehara last year being used in like ten percent. Mm-hmm. Of the innings pitched, you know, is just crazy. And I, that, yeah, that's right. I remember watching those games last year and yeah. how, uh, you know, Farrell would bring Uehara in even in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. and so you're going out there you to pitch two, you know, pitch two innings to get this thing locked down. So he did use Uehara quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So if that's what the what kind of uh, the 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 door of success you know hinges on this, then mm-hmm. uh, that's a little bit troublesome because yeah. again, you go, d- does Brad Osmus know how to use? His best relievers. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, that's a great point. Is um, how will Osmus' ex- inexperience manifest itself in the in the uh, postseason? And it, that's you, a great you'd like point. to say that, that he's got the smarts to do mm-hmm. what Farrell did last year. Say, I'm going to use my best pitchers the most amount of time in these innings. Yes. I'm going I'm to have Chamberlain throw two innings. I'm going to have Soria throw three innings. You know, do whatever I have to do. Right. Unfortunately, I see Osmus again as more of the button pusher and going seventh. Eighth, push the buttons. Ninth, push the buttons. And uh, in, if that's the case, then uh, Soria will have less of an impact than he could have. Mm-hmm. So it it really does depend on. Uh, let me put it this way: if Soria can can rise to the level of like you know Koji Uehara, yeah, and just become utterly dominant in the bullpen, then he will get the closer role, and hopefully that will be enough to get uh, to get him into more games in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 that's an awesome point. You know, it, it's up to Brad Osmus to use his tools to the utmost advantage, and we yes. to see if he'll, he'll do that. And, and, really and the good know. news is that if you if you read my post the other day on what Dan Dickerson was saying mm-hmm. about uh, Soria's stats, he is right up there with Uihara and Mariano Rivera in a lot of those peripherals. So, mm-hmm. you know, fingers crossed. I have, I have high hopes for him to come out there and just kind of blow everybody away. And and that, that's also a nice plug that Dan Dickerson is a great, great follow on Twitter. He puts out a lot of good information out there. Follow him if you're not already for crying out loud. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As much as I enjoy uh, Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen on TV because they're, they're kind of goofy and have a lot of fun, when it comes to actual baseball information, you can't top Dan Dickerson on the radio. Yeah, especially if you're a stats nerd. My goodness. Exactly. Yeah, he'll talk about, you know, hard hit, uh, hard batted ball averages and you know era plus yeah you know. and well meanwhile rod and mario get confused by war so <laughs> that's right <laughs> dan dickerson has gone beyond war and he's talking about wind probability added and all kinds yep. of cool stuff and exactly i wonder where, where jim price stands and all just like what are you talking about <laughs> that's why he says wow yes that's time. right wow <laughs> wow does that, does that have to do with arsenal <laughs> yes it does what about the art of pitching yes <laughs> Right. Is there a sabermetric stat for the art of pitching? That's the question. <laughs> I will I will develop one. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of the art of pitching, we're not going to see uh, Joel Hanrahan practice that art, unfortunately, at least the way it looks. 
during, uh, well, when announcing the Soria deal during a teleconference uh, on uh, Thursday morning, uh, Dombrowski admitted that Hanrahan, uh, the Tigers signed it to a one-year, uh, $1 million contract, incentives worth up to $3 million, uh, and has obviously suffered several setbacks in his rehab since uh, the Tigers signed him in May. Uh, he's pretty much admitted the obvious, that he's not fully recovered from Tommy John surgery. And when Dave Dabrowski uses the term highly unlikely to pitch, that means he's not going to pitch for the Tigers this year. It was one of those, it was worth a flyer if he had worked out awesome. If not, well, maybe it still sets the groundwork for Hanrahan to return to this team next year as well. That's That could be a next year uh, ploy as well is that, hey, the Tigers gave me a million dollars just to work out in Florida, and this they're still going to be a good team. Maybe I'll stick around because he is a talented pitcher when healthy. The question is, when will he be healthy? But it's not going to be this year. Yeah, and that was that was so sad to me. I, <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing what Hanra had had to offer mm-hmm. for the Tigers. And I think you're absolutely right, Dombrowski. When he says highly unlikely, that means no, yeah. it's not going to happen, and that's disappointing. Um, but because uh, I was, you know, he he said that in the middle of the Soria press conference, and right. prior to that, after hearing that Soria had been signed, I was thinking like, wow. Mm-hmm. Hanrahan possibly coming up along with yep. Soria, along with Chamberlain. This mm-hmm. is going to look awesome. That's a World Series bullpen. Yep. And then he kind of dashed all of that by saying uh, he's, he's not. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, like you said, it's uh, he, he's a, he's a contender maybe for our bullpen next year. Yep. And if you start to look at next year's bullpen, and now it looks like you know Soria and then Hanrahan and Rondon, and you know, guess what? Yeah. It's looking pretty good again. Yeah, so exactly. I, I will. I will be optimistic, even though mm-hmm. I wish that we'd seen. I wish the Hanrahan had been healthy enough to contribute. Yeah, this yeah year. but I, it just it, once again, it really does prove that it's it takes two years for uh, for a guy to fully recover from Tommy John. No, they say six to twelve months. That's just to throw the ball. <laughs> but to be the guy you used to be, it really looks like. And uh, other than the occasional outlier, it's a two-year process. And Hanrahan will, as of next year will be at that two-year mark. And I think then we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I hope he sticks around with the Tigers. I really do. Uh, he could really fill a role for the Tigers. It's unfortunate it's not going to be this year. All right. But uh, speaking of good news, you know, since, uh, well, you know, we kind of we don't want to, like, end this podcast on a downer. Because, uh, you know, and we're actually going to end on a high point when we talk about Ryan Rayburn and whatever else you got on your mind. Uh, but the Tigers did uh, commit to staying in Lakeland, Florida for the very long term. Uh, they agreed on a 20-year lease to stay at Joker Marchant Stadium and at Tigertown, the minor league facilities in Lakeland, uh, which means at the end of their latest lease extension, which will end in 2036, the Tigers will spend 100 springs in Lakeland. And I think that's great. I think it's awesome that some traditions just don't change. And the Tigers in Lakeland... You know, I, I I just hope it stays that way forever. I really do. Hey, this gives me 20 more years to maybe finally make that trip to spring training. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, because, you know, obviously the, the corollary point is if they had moved, I would have never gone. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's but it's interesting that the Tigers, from a report, there were reports saying they investigated um, Arizona, which seems to be the new hotness when it comes to uh, spring training. And maybe other places in Florida, probably coastal areas of Florida. 
but elected to stay in Lakeland. And but they did get some en- en- enticements in that they're going to do some major upgrades to Joker Merchant, and they're also going to do some major gr- upgrades to Tigertown. So, uh, you know, Lakeland gets to keep the Tigers, and the Tigers get some probably badly needed improvements to their facilities. So yeah. it sounds like a win-win. It's, it's a feel-good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. as 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 much a part of the tradition as was uh, Ernie Harwell, you know, quoting mm-hmm. the, the song of the turtle at spring training. For me, Joker Marchant Stadium, just that that phrase yeah. is is that's baseball has started yeah. again. You know, exactly. Remember George Kelly down there. Mm-hmm. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Joker Merchant Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's baseball. That's so. baseball. At least the Tigers fans. That's baseball. Right. Yeah, and of course it also means that the Flying Tigers will remain there as well. So it's a, uh, uh, and, and they've been there for decades. I, I want a, dec- a long time. Let's put it that way. So it's a, uh, it's it's cool that they're going to stay, and I find I think it's awesome that the Tigers didn't. You know, go to some tourist trap type place or a, uh, uh, no, someplace that's got likely not as, well, listen, no one's ever going to call Lakeland hip. Uh, I'll just put it that way. But it's, it's the Tigers' home. It's their home away from home. I'll put it that way. And, and for, and as you said, for Tigers fans, Tigers in Lakeland equals baseball. And, uh, I, you know, we're talking 20, 20 years from now, I'll still be alive. So, you know, Awesome. It's a win-win because I'll hopefully still be alive to see it. So <laughs> so our take on this is awesome. Awesome. Exactly. Speaking of awesome, we got to talk about Ryan Rayburn. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have to talk about Ryan Rayburn. Uh, the, situ- the whole scenario that went down in Thursday night's game between the Tigers' two main rivals in the Central, the Indians and Royals, were, it's just amazing how this all went down. Uh, Tribe starter Corey Kluber uh, actually had a perfect game going, I think, for like seven innings last night. In the eighth inning, he had lost the, the no-hitter perfect game, but it was still it was 0-0. And Mike Moustakis hits a, a dying quail-type bloop into left field, on the left field line. Our old friend Ryan Rayburn tries to make the diving catch, and we always know what happens when Ryan Rayburn goes for the highlight reel catch. You know, you can start the uh, uh, the Yakety Sax music, the circus uh, the circus coming to town music when he does this. Uh, ball caromed off his wrist. He was able to run the ball down. Mustakis was just cruising into second, no, with a with a double. And then Ryan Rayburn uncorked. The, I think what, what it, do you it's going to go that? down as, as it's the worst throw in Major League Baseball history. Unless you're an NFL player, then it becomes the best touchdown celebration spike in NFL history. But he spikes the ball into the ground. The ball rolls into left field, into no man's land, and Mustaka circles the bases, and the Royals are up one nothing. And in the end, the Royals win in extra innings 2-1. In 14 innings, Kluber pitches 9 innings, and the only run he gives up was on Rayburn's misfortune in left field. And at Let's Go Tribe, our sister blog at SB Nation, the Tribe blog, they are they want they want to kill. <laughs> right. I hate to joke about you know death and dismemberment. Let's just say they are, they are angry right now, and they really do. As I put in the recap last night, you know, been there, done that. Welcome to the club, guys. 
But man, I could watch that. The I could watch the vine of that play over and over and over because whoever edited it got the perfect shot of Corey Kluber's face. Oh, jeez. Yes. If 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 you ever seen the term shooting daggers, <laughs> you'll see that picture. It was such a beautiful mixture of of yeah. emotion on his face from mm-hmm. from just just blazing hot anger to mm-hmm. to um bewildering confusion like yes. like he might have he looked like a man in a dream and thinking <laughs> i'm not even sure where i am right now mm-hmm. i can't process what just happened mm-hmm. because that throw like you said it was not even a throw yeah i mean he spiked the ball mm-hmm. and it was worse than delman young in the world series yes and so much more fun to watch because it wasn't in a tiger uniform in the world mm-hmm. series yeah so <laughs> and, and at least delman's young uh, delman youngster at least headed towards the infield that's right it was it was, it was rolling the right direction as as yeah. lame as the throw as it was but, yeah his was going to center <laughs> i don't even know what happened to rayburn's thing that he did it wasn't a throw but um no disrespect to the indians fans you know but mm-hmm. wow i could watch that I, I want that played at my funeral. This is what I want. I want that clip played. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I retweeted that on the Bless You Boys account during the game last night, and we're up to over 300 retweets. <laughs> and I think the, we're pushing 200 likes on Facebook on that. And again, I, I feel bad for Rayburn. You know, he's not a bad guy, and he did serve a good purpose for the Tigers when he when he when he did hit, which was you know it seemed like for like two months every. You know, in the in the no two months, and usually it was August and September. But God, you know, I feel bad because you don't want to see any player be so embarrassed like that, especially in such a close game where your pitcher is, you know, is throwing maybe the best game of his career. Yeah, God, it's it's hypnotic if you just watch it over and over and over. It's hysterical. I can't help myself. It puts so much of the rest of life in perspective when yes. you watch that. <laughs> it just. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I love the fact that we're getting so many retweets and likes on mm-hmm. Facebook out of this because, you know what, uh, Schadenfreude is alive and well in the Tigers fan base and that, you know, yes. just just really enjoying the failures. of yeah, we, <laughs> we used to have that guy, and we saw mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Yeah, and it was funny that the, even, um, uh, I believe, the managing editor of Let's Go Drive sh- Tribe showed up in our game, th- I mean, in the recap thread. That's right. Asking <laughs> if you were interested in a 33-year-old reliever <laughs> with a 000 ERA, which, of course, is referring to Ryan Rayburn. So, uh, <laughs> nope. it's, you, uh, you yeah, I feel bad for Rayburn, but damn, that's, I mean, I literally, I watched that thing over and over and over last night. It's, it's literally... Uh, the the mixture of, I mean the mixture of emotions you get watching it from relief to you know to to hilarity to you know feeling bad and a little sorrow for Rayburn and then you see Kluber's face and then you just start laughing. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is we should put this vine in the show notes, you know, for the podcast. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and the... And, and the video as well. But yeah, the MLB video isn't is good. No, but the no. vine that was put together is 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 a perfect distillation of it. Yes, so we'll we'll yes. put that video out there and just uncork your favorite beer and uh, enjoy enjoy sixty yes. minutes of that on loop. Yes, indeed. And uh, oh yeah, we, we as we're getting ready to wrap up the show and kind of our final thoughts. I know didn't you want to have something to say about jinxes? Yeah, we'll just carry on with that because I know I brought it up uh, uh, maybe three or four podcasts ago, and then I, I mentioned mm-hmm. last week that I'd gotten an email from one of our listeners, Alan. Alan. Yeah sent me an email and uh, it says I'm a faithful listener 
So Al, we we actually have thank you faithful listeners. This this guy is so faithful of a listener that he's actually behind on the podcasts, but he's still <laughs> catching up. So he's he's going back in the archives. And oh like, my god! Oh jeez! Making sure to listen and and yeah, stay here's some of those scary early podcasts where we're still figuring this out. Right, and yeah. we still are, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he he had wanted to make a comment on the thing we talked about about jinxes and hoaxes and uh, the no hubris you know kind of mm-hmm. thing and. Just wanted to email and say I totally agree with that, and he brought up the point, which I said I would mention on the next podcast, that uh, if if the hoaxes and jinxes and no hubris, if that's really a thing, mm-hmm. then you should have opposing forces that cancel that out. Yeah. Because every time you're watching a no hitter and you you know so you can't talk about the no hitter because it'll it'll ruin it. Well, don't think for a minute that the opposing team isn't talking about the no hitter. Yeah. Isn't uh you know saying something that if this thing is real you know should. Uh, you know, should cause some sort of mystical tidal wave in the in the universe and mm-hmm. you know kill it. So for as much uh, hubris as you might have about the Tigers, uh, whatever opposing team we're facing, I'm sure has an equal amount of hubris. So I'm sure they yep. cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah, and th- yeah. Trust me, th- that bothers the hell out of me when people complain about oh you jinxed it when you say right. uh, well no Max Scherzer hasn't allowed a hit through three or four innings. Smack it. <laughs> yeah, we're, it, when, you know, when it really comes down to it, yeah, we are a bunch of fans, but we're also a news service. We provide Tigers news, and if a guy is throwing a no-hitter, it's news, and we should let people know what the hell's going on. And so the people that you know get all up in arms about jinxes and you shouldn't bring it up, that's crap. I, I, do, I don't agree with it. I don't get into that baseball voodoo type crap. And like, like it bothers me. Like I think the worst example of this was the when Justin Verlander threw his first no hitter, and Mario and Pemba didn't would never say Justin Verlander is seven innings into the game is not allowed to hit. He's eight not he's eight in the game is not allowed to hit. Right. He would never bring it up. They would just show the picture of the of the scoreboard and they'd scroll and you see zero zero zeros all the way across. Right. But if you weren't a paying that close attention to the game, and a lot of people just have the tire game on as background noise or they're doing other things, they didn't know Verlander was throwing a no hitter. And I I I really find that that is I think uh, Nothing you can do or your say. Fan base is, is, you're not giving your fan base enough credit. That's right. That's what I'm trying to say. There's, there's nothing you or I can do or say to change the course of a game. Yeah. You know, even if it is fun to put on a rally cap, you know, or say, well, I'm not going to change my shirt as long as we're on this winning yeah, streak. I, and I will admit that once I realized he was throwing a hitter, I didn't move. <laughs> I didn't get out yeah. of my seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's a little different. You know, I'm not at that time. I wasn't part of a of a news source that was in charge of, of reporting the game. No, it's a thing that you got to realize that we do these things to help ourselves. Mm-hmm. It helps my yeah. sense of stress to keep my stress level down. If I, you know, continue to wear this shirt, or if I don't move from my spot, or if I don't tell anybody, or if I don't say it out loud, I feel better about it. But I mean, obviously, that does nothing to affect the actual reality. Right. So that's why I don't have a problem with saying it. You know, even in the mm-hmm. fifth or sixth. Hey, guess what? Verlander's throwing a no hitter. Yeah. Through five, or mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, you know, I disagreed with Greg. You know. Mm-hmm. And that post from long ago and saying, well, this is a lock. You know, Tigers are headed yeah. for the World Series. I, I disagreed not because you can't say that, yeah. but because I thought he was actually being too, um, you know, saying, we'll have, a, we'll have it locked down by Memorial Day, you know, or certainly yeah. by the end of the first half and saying, no, that they're not going to be that dominant. I think they're going right. to get to the 
to the playoffs for sure. I think mm. they are a lock, but that's the only reason I was disagreeing there. So it's not the same thing as, you know, saying, oh, you can't say that. You'll jinx it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you won't have have some faith in the stats. Look at the paperwork and yeah. say, yeah, they're probably going to. The, the odds are way in their favor to win the division this year. Probably not by May. I don't think they're going to have mm-hmm. a 30-game lead by the, the All-Star break. Right. But, you know. I'm, I'm with you know on that at least. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're a lock. I'm okay yeah. with that. No hubris. Well, yeah. No, that's not hubris. That's just confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's common sense. And well, uh, there, there's one exception to all this, though, Hookslide, and that is whenever Kurt Menching writes about something, shit hits the fan. <laughs> there is. Yeah, I have statistical proof of that. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I don't believe in voodoo, and I don't believe in the jinxes and curses, you know, or pitch yes. counts, as Patrick likes to say. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that uh, Kurt Menching is in league with some evil spirit. Yes. I, I believe that very strongly. So Yeah, uh, obviously the biggest example is, that, is when he wrote his new Detroit News column in praise of the bullpen, and then the bullpen went to complete shit. <laughs> so. Right. And I think he wrote positive things about the offense or the team, yep. and then they went in that huge slump. Huge slump, yeah. So, uh, so we're talking about different things here, though. That's, yeah. that's not Yeah, that's... exactly, yeah. And even then, you know, we're, we're being facetious about that as well. Shit happened. Well, I, I'm not. I, 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 I think, <laughs> yeah, you have statistical proof. I think right. Kurt's a time traveler or some weird <laughs> thing. He's, he's trolling us. And the only reason why I can say that is because he's not on the show to defend himself. So, yeah. Kurt, if you're listening to this, this is your invitation to get back on the show. So. Mm-hmm. But as always, and for that matter, it's it's going to be hard to have him on the show from here on out because he's actually his shift, his hours have changed in that you now he's working uh, days for SB Nation. I believe he's he's got bankers hours now. So, I know, but yeah. that's no excuse. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one what he does for SB Nation. He probably could sneak away for a little bit, but uh, I, I have a feeling him and. Um, uh, Sean are going to start up their own little uh, email thing that, that actually went live today on the site. So uh, you'll have another back and forth opinion piece that you can read, and then you can come back and listen to us and say different things, probably about the same subjects. But there you uh, go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think with that though, we can start wrapping up the podcast. So once again, I go, how can we go an hour, and we managed to go over an hour. So. Uh, let's start wrapping things up. So where can the listeners find you online, Mr. Hookslide? On Twitter, at HookslideBYB. I, I have been posting a lot less there lately just because life gets in the way and beer gets yeah. in the way and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But uh, I do still try to get on there a couple of times a day. And I do, if I um, if I have access to it, I like to still post the Dan Dickerson clips. And I know that's what a lot of my followers are there for in the first place. So yeah. uh, if you if you love Dan Dickerson audio clips, definitely follow at HookslideBYB. Yeah. As always, you can find me on Twitter at BigAlBYB. And honestly, for the most part, I haven't been posting too much there either because I've been, uh, especially during these West Coast games, handling the Bless You Boys Twitter during games. And that can be kind of mentally frying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, you know especially when you have, uh, you know, uh, you have the readers who will, uh, like I had, uh, you know, I, I complained, I wouldn't complain, I said I was happy that, uh, uh, the Angels bunted in the fifth inning last night, and someone tweeted, "That's strategy. That's not way out." So here's here's my problem. Can explode? You know. So this is my problem with tweeting for Bless You Boys. I, I do enjoy yeah. it. I love the interactions. Yeah, and there's a lot of good people out yes, there. Yes, there are. But in a in a follower base of what thirteen, fourteen thousand that we have we're now, over, we're over fourteen thousand now. In that group of people, you're bound to come across a bunch of them that disagree with anything. That you say, no matter what, you're going to find somebody that disagrees, and that tends to get like, oh boy, 
I just got to ignore the the replies because I'm ne- I'm never going to make everybody happy. Forget the grammar Nazis and oh, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> you know, because you know, we do make mistakes. We're human. We're not, you know, we're not we're not robots like Soria. Yeah, so, I'll tell you what, my my, yeah. my favorite incident though it was from yeah. a couple weeks back, and it was when Rick Porcillo was throwing his second complete game. Yeah, and it was a Thursday night, and for some reason I I thought it was Friday. And I tweeted, and I, you know, jokingly, I said, "Yeah, Rick is going for it. He's going for the complete game because it's a Friday night, and he's got mm-hmm. the weekend to chill." And like, so many people were like, "Yeah, wait a minute." Yeah, I, I think I had people that like actually didn't go into work the next day <laughs> because they they completely believed what I said. Now, even though I corrected yeah. them, like, oh gosh, I don't even know where I am right now, but I yeah. <laughs> I screwed that up. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I got some people fired. Yeah, but we do the best we can with the Twitter, and we try to be entertaining. Same with Facebook as well. So. But bear with us, you know, we're human too. And also, please be nice. If you, you know, once again, for the old roadhouse yes. uh, reference, you know, be nice until it's time to not be nice. But we'll never give you time to not be nice. Right. Unless, we're, unless we actually go nuts, and we haven't done that yet. So, all right, let's wrap this up. So, um, I have to get back to watching Ryan Rayburn in the loop. And maybe take a nap because uh, there's a game in seven hours. And That's uh, true. I, by the time I got to bed last night, it was four o'clock in the morning. So. And I'm on Twitter tonight, so I better get a nap in there too. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Let you deal with the uh, with the small ball lovers. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, with, if, no, but you know, as much as we rag on you guys, you know, this is kind of a venting session for us. Please, we do love all the followers on Twitter and. Unless you're, you know, you're unless you go at Michigan us personally, we, we tend to let all that go slide. So. All right, uh, with caveats out of the way, and, uh, and Joaquin Soria talk out of the way. Let's wrap this up. So until this time next week, this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck along the foot slide. All hail Soria, our savior. And I will go hail ants. Uh, you know, you gotta go through symptoms reference to close on a podcast once in a while. But regardless of that, we'll see you next week on the Bless You Boys podcast. <laughs> That'll get him out of the old ballpark. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella. <laughs>